The college football season ends tonight. Pour a little out for the 2023 season and maybe save a little extra depending on what happens in the national championship game. But the offseason has already been well underway for the Ohio State Buckeyes, and we are talking about that on the podcast daily to start this Monday week off. Major moves Monday? Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and me, Austin Ward, we're here to talk about what's going on for the Buckeyes. And Bill, the picture for the Buckeyes is a lot different today than it was a week ago. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it's weird. Like, I, I think people are, are so stuck in like waiting to see what's happening with the coaching staff that they're not necessarily like uh, super fired up, I guess, about the roster additions, which is kind of interesting because I, I, you know, I think they've made some some rather interesting ones and ones that I do think improve Ohio State. We, we talked about Will Howard um, quite a bit already, but like Seth McLaughlin bringing him in from Alabama, it's like for a program that struggled on the offensive line all year, like, and there's no guarantee that Seth McLaughlin's going to be like, you know, an All American next year, but they bring in a two year SEC starter to bolster a group that really needed it. And it just kind of like, Pass by without people really paying much attention to it. It was kind of it was kind of strange, but yeah, the roster is changing and will continue to change. And well, the coaching staff is changing. When when that will ultimately be finalized is is a matter for some debate, I guess. But um, if anyone was nervous that nothing was going to happen with Ohio State, both with its roster and with its coaching staff, uh, the gears are certainly in motion. Uh, not just a two-year SEC starter, a two-year Alabama starter. It's not yeah. like he played at Vanderbilt, Seth McLaughlin. <laughs> uh, and and that, is, that is a, a necessary distinction. Thank you. I, I think that people maybe have less excitement about it because they watched Monday night when Alabama played Michigan, yeah. and so that's the thought in your head that, hey, this guy can't snap the football. Uh, I've talked to at least a few people that believe that a good portion of the problems that he had Last Monday night in Pasadena, were more directly related to the quarterback than than him. I don't know. I watched the game. It looked like I could see both sides of it. But I do know that when he snapped the ball, he blocked well. Uh, I, I, he was not getting abused by by Kenneth Graham and Mason, um, whatever the guy's name is, Mason Grant, Mason uh, Graham and Kenneth Grant. You combine yeah, them Mason, into one person. Yeah, I mean that's, one of how, these. They played all, that's how they played all year. Um, or Chris Jenkins. So he he held up fine in in the run game against Michigan and he was not, you know, particular he wasn't getting whipped in, in the pass pro. So I think he's given up one sack and some you know, twelve hundred or some career snaps. So you should be pretty stoked about that considering how uh mediocre and that's the nicest way I can put it, the, the center play was for Ohio State this year. So why people wouldn't be excited about that, I don't know. And then you add the five star commitment on Saturday from Devin Sanchez, the number one ranked cornerback in the country in the class of 2025. Like there's good things happening. And that's what I was trying to say at the end of last week. Like, let's just wait until the, the things occur before freaking out. I think too, burn that uh, Seth McLaughlin may have been playing through a wrist injury that may have impacted his snapping as well. I don't follow them that closely. That was suggested to me that maybe that was part of the issue for him late in the year. But you look at the body of work and how long Nick Saban chose to ride with him. There was probably a good reason for him to do so. Yeah. And then Ohio State is also keeping its own players. Uh, Tyleek Williams, Jack Sawyer, Lathan Ransom. Uh, we had some snap judgments uh, on all three of those guys. Another big week for Ohio State. The deadline, uh, you know, is a, a week from now to enter the NFL draft. Uh, still some big ones out there for Ohio State. Still some big ones that they could get back in the fold. So this does stand as a transformational, another big key week for Ohio State. 
But obviously, the big intrigue will will swirl around the coaching staff, uh, as both of these guys alluded to. There are changes in the works. They have not been uh, formally announced by Ohio State. I don't know if that's going to happen on Monday or not. Uh, most uh, I, many members of the coaching staff are at the coaches' convention that is still ongoing right now. Uh, they have opportunities to find other jobs. So I think the consensus from this group, I won't speak for Bill and Berm, a move is likely going to come on the defensive side of the ball. A, light, a move is likely going to come with the special teams coordinator position. And Ohio State and Ryan Day is ready to hire an offensive coordinator, which would then impact in some form or fashion what the rest of that coaching staff looks like on the offensive side of the ball, with one notable exception, which is that Brian Hartline is untouchable. So there's not a lot of stuff that we can really get into on offense right now. I don't know a name of a top target or any advanced discussions for an offensive coordinator. And until that piece of the puzzle is nailed down, none of the rest of the stuff can really occur if what we've been given indication is true, which is that that person, whoever comes in, is going to have some say over evaluating which coaches are staying and which ones are going. Oh, well, you, you guys can feel free to speak for me while I still have no voice, by the way. Please don't, don't hesitate to do that. I, I'll Done. speak for you, Bill. I mean, we, we've all heard the rumors about Dan Mullen. We've seen that percolating online. We don't know. That's the problem right now is that there's a ton of rumors and you don't really know what's true. The people that we talk to around Ohio State, like there's 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 a lot of things they're willing to say right now. But the the who is that offensive coordinator secret has been very, very tightly guarded. I don't know if it's related to the NFL season ending on Sunday and Ryan Day, the the newly formed CEO of Ohio State football, like wanting to talk to a few people who finish their seasons on, on Sunday. I think that there's a good chance of that. I do hope that new CEO style Ryan Day understands that even if you hire a head coach of the offense, like you had with Jim Knowles as the head coach of the defense, that you are still the guy in charge. And that uh, if there are coaches you want on your team as then you tell that guy we're keeping those guys and and let that person whoever it is work around them because uh, while i do understand that it may be appealing to an offensive coordinator candidate to say hey you have carte blanche to do whatever you want i look at a guy like keenan bailey or even justin fry who i know a lot of people are um you know on the fence about because of the way the season ended for ohio state in my opinion, and my opinion does not matter outside of this conversation, and maybe not even in this conversation, <laughs> but my opinion is that it's too early to consider moving on from Justin Fry. It's way too early to consider letting someone like Keenan Bailey go who has one of the brighter futures in college football. Um, so I think that Ryan Day is going to need to find a way to thread the needle between giving someone authority to come in and run the program and run the offense the way that they see fit with him still being the man in charge who has to answer the questions ultimately and who, if they don't win in November, will be the one whose head rolls anyway. And so all these guys won't be there anyway. I would add to the Keenan Bailey discussion, but just jump in and speak for Bill because I know he's going to say the exact same thing that I am, which is not only is it still, um, which is crazy, too early in Keenan Bailey's career. Ohio State has invested far too much time and effort in development in, in Keenan Bailey to let him go at this point, considering how highly regarded he is in the coaching profession and the fact that if you're making a change at special teams, Keenan Bailey, Bailey already has experience in that regard. He does solve a lot of things for you. So I think, you know, if he had to interview with somebody, I think he would probably nail it. That's n nobody who watches the podcast daily is surprised to hear me 
say it in those terms, but I'm not the only one who feels that way uh, around all of college football. So I don't know, maybe he's also in a separate conversation because Ryan Day can just say, well, this one's on the side because he's going to coach special teams and he has an extra role. I don't know that, but that would certainly be my expectation because he's a coach that I don't believe Ohio State can afford to lose. And that may sound crazy um, considering, you know, where he falls in the actual pecking order of coordinators and and position groups and all that. But he does and has done so much work inside the Woody for so long. I would be frankly stunned if he was not on the coaching staff in 2024. I'm just yeah. wondering, and Bill, I'm going to let you talk, I swear. I know that you're... No, it's, please. It's fine. Um, I'm happy to be silent. I'm wondering if this is a situation where Ryan Day tells his existing coaches, you can interview to remain on the staff with the offensive coordinator, or if it's a, you have to interview to remain on the staff. I, like, I wonder with, you know, we, we've talked a lot in the last month about the Corey Dennis and his contract expiring, Tony Alford's contract expiring. Uh, I believe only Brian Hartline and Keenan Bailey are the ones who don't have a contract expiring right now. I could be wrong about Keenan Bailey, but even Justin Fry, I think his original two-year deer would, would be up right now, right? So, uh, like, is this a situation where these guys are going to have to be told you're allowed to, you have to interview, or is it a you are not interviewed? I, I, you know what? I'm, am I trying to say this? I'm trying to say this in a weird way, but like, is everyone going to get that opportunity to stay on the staff, or you know, because obviously you can't have everyone because you have to replace someone if you're hiring a, a an offense coordinator slash I would assume quarterbacks coach, right? Yeah, I, I think it's real. It's it's tricky for me because. I guess it's a question of how how much do you want to empower a coordinator to make those decisions because I think we've seen it happen on the defensive side, right? With Larry Johnson and Jim Knowles. They don't they don't they're stylistically they're just very different. And I'm not saying that's necessarily been bad, but I think it has forced Jim Knowles to adapt um by sort of inheriting Larry Johnson and Ryan Day. I don't I never really felt to me like Ryan Day like fully empowered Jim Knowles to go pick and pick that staff. Certainly they worked together. Um, I think to, to land on hiring Tim Walton and Perry Iliano and um, but I don't think that like those were Jim Knowles's guys that he like demanded Ryan Day hire. Um, so I don't I don't necessarily think the offense is going to be the same way. I'd, I'd be shocked if it was. I, I think that yeah. whoever that person is is certainly going to have a lot of say in in the in the matter. And well, we'll interview the current offensive staff and and see if ideologies line up and if if they think they can work together. But it it still has to be Ryan Day's decision. Like morphing into a CEO head coach does not mean you abdicate responsibility of picking your staff. Um, it all still falls well, back on not. him. Yeah. Yeah. But I just don't, I don't want to, uh, so some of the reporting around this, like, and I'm not, not, not ours, I'm not saying, but um, it makes it feel like he's almost doing that. And I just, I just want to make it clear that like, that's not what's happening, or at least it's not what should be happening. Like Ryan day is not going to go hire offensive coordinator X and then like, okay, go pick the staff and let me know who yeah. you got when, when you're done. Like, that's not the way this is going to work. And and I guess there's a there's a second layer to that too, because it's easier, I think, if you if you wanted to do that with Jim Knowles, because Ryan Day is an offensive minded head coach, but how much of this moving forward is still the Ryan Day offense with someone else coordinating it? And how much is this new hire actually going to be able to put their own stamp on what this offense looks like moving forward? And then I guess you kind of go from there in terms of what kind of hires you want. But um I, I do think like every maybe Maybe not like Corey Dennis necessarily, but I think most of the rest of the offensive staff might have a say here or might have an opportunity at least to to keep their jobs under a new offensive coordinator. You'd hope so anyway, right, Austin? I mean, like, yeah. You know. Yeah, and I, I think that that ties into the way I view 
whatever's going to transpire with the offensive coordinator part to, to piggyback off what Bill was saying. And, and you can cover your ears burn because I, you floated this idea and I'm not sure how seriously you meant it, but like you're not just going to bring in Cliff Kingsbury and start installing the air raid at Ohio state. Like Ryan day is not gonna be like, you know what? I'm done calling the plays. I don't care what offense we run anymore. Doesn't matter if it matches the existing personnel. Doesn't matter if you run the ball. Doesn't matter anything. Let's just overhaul it. I'm going to kick back and go do some fundraising and manage the roster and do some NIL. That doesn't work. He's still one of the smartest offensive people in the country. So his offense and his fingerprints on it still have to exist. So, and, and this may go without saying, but when you're when you're floating the potential candidates here, they're going to have to understand and and mesh their vision with what Ryan Day has already done offensively and with his quarterbacks. I don't. There's also not a world where you bring in Will Howard and you just say, you know what? Well, we're gonna we're gonna bring in a triple option guy and we're gonna see what happens. Like. Everything still has to match up with what Ryan Day wants on offense. And again, I may well be stating the obvious, but you you are not going to lead some dramatic overhaul if what Ryan Day truly needs is someone to just manage his offense and call the plays and give him what he wants without him having to delegate or be in every single meeting or uh, well, definitely delegate, but not have his hands in every single meeting and every single pot and every single play call on a Saturday. He does need to be able to take his hands off the reins without it being, well, I don't know this cliff cliff Kingsbury came in and he wants to dial up 60 passes a game and I hired him. And if it doesn't work out, we'll see like that doesn't work either. Yeah. I think that's what makes it so interesting is that it, it clearly has to be someone who has a, a shared philo- a philosophy about offense with Ryan day. And so when we talk about someone like Dan Mullen, who's been mentioned, you know, for the last four or five days in various circles, like, I don't know if he has that, but I mean, he does obviously run a pro style offense, but is it what Ryan day wants? Is it enough passing? Is it, I just, I don't know enough about what Dan Mullen did as a head coach at, at Mississippi state or even at Florida where things obviously didn't go very well for him. Like, does that, does that align with what Ryan day wants to do offensively? And I'm not sure it does. Can I throw another name at you? Absolutely. Scott Frost. Hmm. Scott Frost circa 2018. Well, are we, are we trying to piece together some chip chip Kelly action yeah. here or what? Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. I just don't think that works. Uh, I mean, I think uh, maybe it does. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could, it makes sense from the chip Kelly perspective. The Dan Mullen makes sense with the New Hampshire ties. Like there's a lot of things that line up, but uh, none of it really feels like a home run the to me the dan mullen thing is a problem because ryan day spent five years working to sort of separate himself from being the guy who took over for urban meyer and if you go out and immediately hire a guy who was the offensive coordinator for urban meyer like it feels like that's maybe a step backwards and i i just don't i don't think that that's where he wants to go but yeah uh bill's got me really got the gears turning on the scott frost situation a because of the number of tweets and stories that I'm going to have to delete from the internet if, if I have to start covering Scott Frost. But I mean, I think it's an intriguing option. He was certainly not equipped to lead a renaissance of Nebraska. And I think that he has limitations as a head coach that were revealed pretty quickly once the pressure got ramped up in terms of understanding quarterback play and maybe being able to use a mobile quarterback and blend maybe some of his offensive ideas or chip kelly's offensive ideas with what ryan day already knows i don't 
know that I would have to dismiss that out of hand as, as a potential option. And what, you know, what you hope to get out of that is that Scott Frost learned something from his failures as a head coach. But the fact that he's been in that situation would give him an opportunity to maybe, you know, take more command of that side of the football while letting Ryan Day do some of the things that we've talked about CEO style, sort of like what Alabama and Nick Saban have done a lot of times with guys like Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian. So I don't think it took me 30 seconds to process what you were trying to suggest. And I don't know that I could say that's a bad idea. I don't love it, but I could understand it. Here's what why. I, Ryan Day is not in the uh, stratosphere of Nick Saban and reclamation projects at this point. Like, I don't think Ryan Day is in a part of his career where he can take a chance on refurbishing Scott Frost. But won't he have to do? I mean, if we're talking about Dan Mullen, that's a refurbishment as well. I mean, I, agree I know that, I know that I, you're I, more I in the camp. Dan Mullen to be the guy. So I mean, I, I think okay. uh, again, you guys know we, we've talked about it in, in Slack and stuff like that. Like to me. I would go get Kellen Moore and 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 see what he's interested in. The San Diego Chargers OC. The Chargers are going to have a completely new coaching staff, probably led by Jim Harbaugh. And uh, I, I don't think I just Kellen don't. You, you think an NFL OC would come take a cut? I just I think that's a really hard sell. I think you no, know, he's he's soon that, to be unemployed. I guess, but I think a young guy in that situation. I remember a few years ago. I think it was 20, uh, 2017, There was this very young um, offensive guy in the NFL who got fired from the Forty ers who Urban Meyer hired. Uh, and it turned out okay. Yeah, but he wasn't. A, he was. He was a position coach, though. He wasn't an OC. Yeah, but I mean, that's why I think. I think like in any NFL jobs, there's going to be three jobs in three years for Kellen Moore. I think that if you can look at it and say, "Hey, maybe I can have some stability, and I can f- learn how to be a, a head coach at, at a place like Ohio State, uh, I, or you know, maybe be in line to be the head coach at Ohio State," I think that it, Ohio State is is uniquely positioned to be alluring to anyone. Uh, and yeah. I think especially for a young offensive coordinator, um, you know, Kellen Moore is what, probably 35. So uh, I think you have an opportunity. I think there's a discussion to be had there at least. No, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, he'd be, I think he'd be a very interesting candidate. I just don't, the idea of selling an uh, NFL OC on a college OC job is, is not, doesn't seem like it would work to me. I guess it's different if a guy's about to lose his job, but I, but it, it makes me wonder if there's like a, offensive version of Jeff Halfley out there that maybe we're not aware of, like a NFL position coach whose ideologies align with Ryan Day's, even if he's obviously not running the Ryan Day offense, um, that maybe is not ready for an NFL offensive coordinator job just yet. But when what when am I coming to a place like Ohio State to call plays and build up his resume? And I, I I have I have no knowledge of NFL quarterbacks coaches to tell you who that could be, but I just wonder if that if that's a potential profile of of the candidate that Ryan Day could hire. Well Liam Cohen was the Rams quarterback coach when he went back to Kentucky to be the offense coordinator, or was he the offense coordinator for the Rams? Didn't he go back and forth from like he went from Kentucky to the Rams and then he came back? I think I was just not sure if he was. He was he was the assistant quarterbacks coach for the Rams when he left to go to Kentucky and then went back to the Rams as the OC and then went back to Kentucky, which is kind of weird, right? Yeah, saying I'm saying it's that that to me is the guy that I keep going back to. I just I want a younger, a younger, more innovative type See, of person in that role. And Scott Frost, I like him, but I, I don't know that. I think that's I think that's where I get lost on the Kellen Moore conversation with you, Berm. Is that they already have that young person? He's going to be the co-offensive coordinator in Brian Hartline, and I think what we've talked about 
in some of the issues for 2023 was how the veteran presence of Kevin Wilson was missed. And I'm not, I don't think I could get all the way there and say that Scott Frost has that gravitas or that veteran presence to stand up to Ryan Day or to help mentor Brian Hartline. That that may not fit. And so it, it that is uh, in the pro column for me with Dan Mullen in that regard. Um, now, I'm not saying it has to be him. And if there's other candidates that we're not aware of and they're at the NFL level, uh, so be it. We're gonna we're certainly gonna try and find out more every single day and every it could single. Be none of these guys. No, it very well could be, and and that's that's fine Ooh, too. We, I, I said that from the from the start from the start. I don't know of any advanced conversations or any top targets with with any level of confidence that I could report publicly beyond here. We're speculating about some people that we either have been mentioned to us or we think could be involved, uh, or. I don't know. Bill's throwing one at me that I hadn't even really considered as an option. But if we're talking about like another 35 year old, does he fit what we're talking about? What was missing, you know, in that Kevin Wilson role? Is it, it do you trust him to go take over the entire offense versus letting Ryan Day continue to do that? I think I would say for me, probably not. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's a fair argument. I look at a guy who's been in the NFL for five, six years and and probably comes in as a more mature 35-year-old, uh, and that's where it's appealing to me. But I, I don't know, you know, what you bring up Scott Frost, like is Scott Frost the right guy to mentor Brian Hartline? I don't I don't think he is. I mean, that's... No, I, wouldn't, I would yeah. say no to that, yeah. yeah. Is is Dan Mullen? Probably, but, uh, you know, you're, you, you go into this knowing that if it is someone like Dan Mullen, an older guy who's been a head coach, who's been around, maybe you're not asking him to be a... a top five recruiter in the country and hope that his resume is what recruits people for him because he's not from what i understand the most like personable uh guy out there on the recruiting trail so um ryan day's reputation has done the majority of the heavy lifting at quarterback so maybe if you combine those two things it works but is there someone like dan mullen out there that's not dan mullen that's <laughs> the question there's a another version that has been suggested that i think is even less known as a recruiter, less renowned as a recruiter, which would be Brian Harson, who also has head coaching experience. And um, we should just end the show. I, I mean, I am I am not in favor of that in any way, shape or form. But I mean, he might again, be less likable than Dan Mullen from what I've heard. And that's the that's the problem. I is I didn't really consider Dan Mullen to be unlikable when he was at Florida. He'd I mean, a lot of people who covered him at Mississippi State as well thought that like the personality was engaging. I don't. I mean, he's not a great recruiter, as you said, but I don't yeah, know. I just, again, my my issue with Mullen squarely falls on the Urban Meyer tree, and I think if Ryan Day is trying to uh, escape that, then he can't go back to that tree. So let me be clear: I don't know if Dan Mullen's unlikable. I just he's unlikable to me as a candidate because <laughs> I think that if you're trying to build your own legacies and keep going back to the same well seems like the poor decision. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think you're wrong about that. Um but it is wild to think after just one week of January in 2024 how different things have looked for Ohio State and how different they're going to look by the time we get back together next Monday on the podcast daily. We're going to follow all these developments as closely and accurately as we can in the days ahead. There's NFL draft decisions, there's more transfer portal uh, activity going on as Ohio State looks to build the roster, and then these coaching moves will eventually transpire, and we will break all those down as much as we can. We'll be at Roosters later on on Monday. We'll have the live show. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the national title game there and uh, maybe make some picks for what's going to happen 
Uh, Bill might not be on the show. So, Bill, do you have a prediction for Monday night? Yeah, I will. I will not be there because I don't want to infect roosters with my illness. Um, my prediction is that Washington wins by a touchdown. I think it was uh, 35-28 was my score. All right. So there we go. That's coming uh, again, a national championship that uh, I'm sure a lot of people in Columbus and watching the podcast day will be tuned in for as well. And we'll talk to you again on Tuesday on the podcast daily for whatever happens at Ohio State. For Bill and Burham, I am Austin. Thanks so much for joining us to start the week. We'll talk to you later.